Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. As well as Instagram. Um, now I've got to wave at people on Instagram, so that means I've got to touch the screen. So hopefully I don't knock it off. I got my boom, boom, biddy, boom, booty, boom, boom, boom. Um, microphone. I think is it this mic? This is one that usually doesn't work on Facebook. But anyway, do you know what? I don't know if anything's happening on Facebook. I, I see. Elaine's already said hello on Instagram, so we've already got proof of life on Instagram um the other day frankly i thought nothing was going on on facebook which and then i found people had actually interacted i say people it was actually probably just one person had interacted but still and i hadn't replied nothing it was a couple so apologies if you are interacting on facebook corin's here leah is seeing me tomorrow looking forward to it already leah i am can't wait i've been excited about this all week um so you know the drill we've got questions i've got professional stuff on facebook black writing hope you like that uh quite got that on instagram but i've got a photo to show which i'm very much looking forward to like it when we have photos um but we've got to wait for that because we've got a couple of questions before the photo comes the first of which goes something like this. Can we remove a papilloma from the nipple? This is a patient. It's actually an old patient of mine who's um, apparently sent us a photo. I haven't actually asked if I can show it. Probably just as well because I'll get banned from everybody, uh, from all and sundry if I start showing photos of nipples. Uh, been down that road before. Um, uh, and basically it's just a little... Um, and I think she's seen other doctors or something. Right. Okay. That's that's. <laughs> okay so it's run off i wasn't even didn't even touch it and it fell off right so sorry i'm i've got to get a new i've got to get a tripod the tripod's broken i gorilla glued it and it just broke straight away um so why did that fall off okay well um so basically it's uh, there's this there's a patient with a little um <laughs> with a little uh warty sort of growth or, or, or lesion on the nipple and the answer to that is absolutely fine completely um, uh, quite relatively easy to remove actually because um, it would just require a shave excision in fact one method of um, nipple reconstruction is to do a nipple sharing procedure so this is for more for patients who have breast cancer if you've had breast cancer um, you often will remove the nipple and so reconstructing the nipple is, is an integral part of breast reconstruction. And uh, one way that we reconstruct breasts, um, nipples, is if you have got a particularly large nipple on one side, because it is quite hard to make a large nipple, you can kill two birds with one stone, if you like, by removing part of the uh, contralateral, the, the unaffected uh, nipple, uh, and putting it on the affected side as a graft. So basically taking the nipple in... in um, uh, taking the top part of the nipple off so so in answer to the question it's very easy to remove this papilloma yes is the answer um yeah but yeah i think yes i think we just said yes 
Sarah is straight in with a massive question. Right, nice one, Sarah. Hello, how are you doing? I've got a seroma formed at the bottom of belly. I'm taking of belly. I'm taking bomelain tablets, arnica tablets, arnica cream for on the set seroma wear compression day and night. Baha garment K pattern binder. Is there anything else I can do to get rid of it? Right. Um, Sarah, I've got to be completely honest with you, not entirely sure what bomelain tablets are, or I'm not sure if they're typos. Night far 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 garment <laughs> K-pad. Right, okay. Um let's just say you've got some kind of support garment on. Uh I am waving at people, but I'm very aware that the Instagram um device also known as a phone is actually very precarious and could phone it fall at any time um so right sarah i don't particularly advise people to use to, to use arnica but i am aware that a lot of people say arnica is good but in my um knowledge of arnica is that it's good for bruising and um, bruising is due to blood in the tissues, which is due to trauma and surgery is traumatic. And sometimes you can get bruising. And so Arnica can help. Seroma is not due to blood. So I don't know. I might be wrong on this. Might you know, I might be prepared to be corrected, but I don't think Arnica is going to help your seroma. Um, I, I don't think Arnica is going to help that. As I say, I don't know what Bomelain is. B-O-M-E-L-A-I-N. Can I make out as if i'm not googling it but actually google it bromelain tablets and just keep talking and cover it bromelain tab oh brom bromelain right bromelain here we go uh right bromelain digestive enzyme what is it used for reduce pain and swelling gum and other parts after surgery okay um right so so it's a swelling thing so I to, i've got to be honest with you sarah i don't think this is going to help I mean, there are tablets that do help swelling um you know anti-inflammatory tablets help the inflammation associated with um trauma uh which is swelling in the tissues edema which is edema so my mind's going three three sentences ahead um so swelling in the tissues is, is edema seroma is not really swelling in the tissues seroma is free fluid in the in the johnny saints is here Johnny, uh, keeping out the numbers, Johnny, like it. Um, seroma is is free fluid in the space that I'm assuming you've had a tummy tuck. Is that a fair assumption? So we'll assume you've had a tummy tuck. So seroma is in the space that's created in a tummy tuck. So it's not really sort of swelling in the, in the, in the way that you might think anti-swelling tablets would help. So I don't think, I mean, my answer, Sarah, is always go to your original surgeon. I just want to put that out there. Your, your original surgeon is, is your best bet for help with this. But I will put my oar in and I will give you my view on it. Um, so uh, I don't think I don't think uh, bromelain or, or, or bromelain or whatever it is or arnica is going to help. If you find they're helpful, by all means, use them. Um, so, you know, by all means, use them. But I don't think they're particularly going to help. Binder, yes. Support compression yes i think that will help and time will help um 
so those are the things yes i did have a 20 okay so those are the, the things that most the, my my best advice really is time and support and compression and really the only other thing is aspiration so um putting a needle in and draining the fluid off so if it's a real problem and it's sloshing about all over the place then putting a needle in and draining it off will give you temporary relief the problem is it can come back again um so it's a, it's it's not a permanent fix but that is the mainstay of treatment of seromas. It is um, support, compression, and, and drainage if, if and when required. The other thing I would say is to try and take things easy a bit. Obviously with a tummy tuck, you've got to be a bit aware of DVT, which is a risk. So you've got to move, keep moving, but um, uh, um, you've got to balance that against not doing too much. So if you do too much, if, you, if you're very active, then you might um, increase your risk of swelling and uh, and seroma so uh, um you know if you if you are having a problem with the seroma take it easy a bit compression is is good um and that's it that's all i got i haven't got any tablets uh, that you can use um or anything like that it's mainly just compression taking it easy and as required drainages but being aware that those drainages might be um required needed to be repeated um but i'm sorry you're having this problem good luck talk to your surgeon stay close with your surgeon they'll be best placed to do things like uh, drainages and and give you advice and stuff and and, and uh, if the surgeon has advised you bromelain and arnica then you know don't don't not take it from it because of what i've said because i haven't got a huge experience i've got to be honest of bromelain i did have to actually google it just now so um you know i'm not an expert on bromelain tablets uh, or indeed arnica so um uh, but i you know, I'm not aware of any tablets or help seromas, but, uh, but by all means, if anyone is, please get in touch. Um, so, yeah. Um, so do we remove pylonidal cysts? No. Interesting that, isn't it? Because we go on about cyst removal. I've got a big page on cyst removal and talk about cyst removal. So do we remove cysts? Yes. Do we remove pylonidal cysts? No. So pylonidal cyst is a specific type of cyst. And it's a, it's it's usually in the natal cleft. And it's uh, due to little hairs. It's usually in men. It's usually in the natal cleft. And it's due to little hairs, usually hairs on your back, which fall down into your natal cleft. And because it's hot and sweaty in there, they sort of work in and form little inflammatory masses and and um, and cysts. And it's it's it used to be called uh, Jeep driver's bum because it was common in the war because people were sitting in a Jeep all the time and getting very um, hot and sweaty. Um, lorry drivers and what have you i guess it would be the modern modern equivalent of that um but it's not exclusive to that but it's a it's a very difficult problem to treat and the reason it's a pro difficult problem to treat is because it off it's a bad area it's a bad area to for healing it's right in the in the hot and sweaty area of the natal cleft and um and there's often infection there and there's often hairs in there and it's often it's a very difficult problem and it's usually treated by general surgeons and the way it's treated is by often just sort of laying it open it sounds awful but just sort of opening it up um, because you often actually get a pylonidal abscess it often often creates an abscess and um and you lay it open and just let it drain and it needs to be um regularly um packed so you have a pack in there and it has to be changed every day and it's quite uh, intensive on the nursing side of things uh, and it takes ages to heal and it's extremely difficult. Very occasionally plastic surgeons may get involved if there's a big defect left there that needs to cover, uh, to be covered with skin, but usually they heal up on their own.
So um, you can get it in the hands of hairdressers sometimes get a similar problem in their web spaces due to the same things, little hairs sort of wheedling their way in, causing inflammation. But uh, a pyelonidal cyst is usually associated with uh, infection and needs to be opened and drained. And that would be a, a general surgeon who would be best placed because they are the ones who would be treating that regularly rather than a plastic surgeon. And certainly in, in uh, my clinic, if someone had a pyelonidal cyst, we would say GP, general surgeon type of thing. And it unfortunately is quite a difficult problem to treat. Now, uh, Miriam Smith, you've asked to join me in my live video. I will I will accept you if you want. Um, it does mean it gets like a split screen. And if you want to talk to me directly, we can do that. I don't know how it works on Facebook. They, won't, they might hear what you're saying. But in my experience, people normally have done that by error. And I feel that I've done that myself in error. And then you have the horror of maybe being um, your camera going on and appearing live. So I wouldn't want to put you through that, Miriam. But if you do want that horror, let me know. And I'm happy to inflict that upon you. But uh, for now, I'm going to ignore the fact that you, you requested that. And assume it was a misclick. How long after having a breast reduction can I drive and return to work if I have a very physical job? So breast reduction is quite a big deal. People sort of often lump it in with breast surgery, like breast implants and things like that. But breast reduction is quite a big deal. Quite a lot of stuff going on to the breast. It's sort of moved about and quite a lot of scarring error, I thought so. Um, quite a lot of internal stuff moving around and the tissues are moved. And so it does knock you back, basically. It knocks you back physically and it knocks your breasts back because your breasts take time to heal and swelling and tight scarring because... Part of a breast reduction is a breast lift. And the whole point of a breast lift is to, to, to tighten the skin of the breast to make them look more perky. But that means that the wounds are closed really tightly. So the wounds um, can potentially break down, particularly down at the T-junction. So you can get problems with wound healing. So, the, the, so it's quite a big deal. So I would normally say the first two weeks is out. you're out. First week, you're pretty tired. Second week, you're feeling better. Um, you will be walking around because we're not getting your DVT. So moving about is good. But actually, in terms of activity, you're, you're not doing much. After two weeks, you'll be, you know, moving about a bit more. Normally, say two to three weeks for driving. Sometimes you've got to check with your insurance company. They might say it's got to be a certain amount of time. But they might say it's up to the doctor, in which case um, two to three weeks is, is safe. Probably three weeks is the safest because sometimes people are OK at two weeks. But not always everyone's different. So two to three weeks for driving. Yeah, heavy, uh, so very physical job. I'm going to say you're going to start getting into that at six weeks. Um, and that starts getting into it. So um, that doesn't mean like going straight into a very physical job. I think at six weeks, things will start to be settling down. You're not going to do any harm by doing very, very physical activities. But the only thing is it might swell still. So what I would say is just start to take things easy. Start to do whatever you do in, in your job. But just start slow and build up. Because if you find that it um, starts to swell, you might say, hold on a minute, it's, gonna, uh, it's starting to swell. I need to back off. So um, I would say four to six weeks, probably six weeks is safer um, for very physical job. And then you need to be aware. They need to be aware that you've recently had um, surgery and need to be taking it easy. Um, and we can give you a sick note and things like that if required. If it's with us having surgery or whoever you're having surgery with can probably give you a sick note. But, um, yeah, you have to give yourself a chance to heal. It does take a while. I normally say things start to sell about three months. I'm not saying you should have three months of work. 
but certainly the first month to six weeks you need to have off uh, if you're doing heavy stuff. So uh, Miriam, you've got a question. How hard is it to fix rectus muscle if I have hernia mesh five months ago? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming the hernia mesh is in the same place as the rectus muscle repair, so around your belly button or or some somewhere in the midline. Because if your hernia uh, was in the groin, if you had an inguinal or a femoral hernia in the groin, then that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a problem. But I'm assuming your hernia is in the same place where your rectus repair would be. I think it would be um, I think it would be hard, uh, Miriam. I think it would be hard to start with uh, because that mesh is going to be quite firm and uh, and and quite unforgiving. And it's probably going to be a year before it sort of starts to settle and soften. Uh, so I would guess it depends on how wide your uh, divarification of your recti muscles are, how wide this the spread is. Um, so I'm assuming what they 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 made they repaired it like a belly button hernia or something. Um, so presumably they, obviously they didn't bring your rectus muscles together when they did the hernia repair, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be asking. So, yeah, so, um, so I think it will be hard. So I think, you know, basically the answer is the longer you can wait, the better. So five months is good. Six months is good. 12 months is probably better. So I think I would say, I mean, it depends on how you're healing. Have a look at your skin scar. You know, your skin scar is often a, a window of what's going on to the scarring inside. So if your skin scar is nice and soft and uh, skin colored and, 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 you know, you can't really feel that there's a scar there. Then you think, oh, well, well, everything's settling nicely. But if your skin scar is quite red and firm, a little bit hard, you might be thinking, oh, crikey, you know, the scarring inside is doing the same as the scarring on the skin. So the scarring on the skin is kind of like a window to the, to the, um, to the scarring inside. So I would use that as a judge. And, uh, normally I, I would say about a year, if you can wait a year before having your, uh, Diverification uh, repaired and presumably a tummy tuck as well at the same time. Presumably, um, NHS wouldn't do both. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's that's fair. They probably wouldn't. Would they. Um, so yeah, um, I would say if you can wait a year, great. Six months will be a minimum if you you know best case if your scars lovely and soft. But if you can wait, I think a year would probably be better. But uh, yeah, well done. You you probably done it the right way, Miriam. Getting this uh, hernia repaired first and then going for the for the tummy tuck. Uh, so we've got a photo now. Um, so show in stream. So uh, would I be suitable for scar revision of my abdomen? Uh, Instagram. How's that? So this is a scar. This is a patient who got in touch last night, I think. Um, and she, I think this is a scar from birth, from or at least from very young age, a scar across the abdomen. This is a really difficult one. If that was the same scar below the belly button, you'd be thinking, oh, tummy tuck, I could get rid of it. But this one, um, obviously, it's above the belly button. So it's from between the belly button and the and the rib cage. So that's a that's a really, really difficult place because a tummy tuck is not going to get rid of that. So um, then you're looking at trying, you know, because ideally you just get rid of just cut the whole scar out and um, and you know, move, move it somewhere else. So that's what a tummy tuck would do. So then I guess you're looking at tummy tuck. Um, uh, sorry, then you're looking at scar revision. So scar revision, a lot of people say scar, you know, I don't like my scar. Can I have it revised, please? And if there's not something specifically wrong with it, then the answer is usually no, because we're just going to give you a, a scar, another scar. 
Um, but, you know, tethered scars is something that we can look at addressing, um, but they are notoriously difficult. And the problem is if you just cut that scar out and stitch it up, you're going to get the same problem occurring. The reason this problem is occurring is because the scar tissue going all the way from the skin down to the abdominal wall for whatever operation they did back in the day. And um, and this patient doesn't like it because it's tethered in. It makes it look like there's a nasty overhang over the top of it because um, because that that scar pulling in makes this makes the skin above it look um, look fuller. So. Um, if we just cut it out and stitch it up, we're just going to give you a fresh scar and it's, going to, it's just totally not going to help. So what we need to do is we need to try and think about how we can um, change the scar. So the, 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 what, what I would be looking at doing is sort of cut, cutting out the scar and then kind of leaving that scar tissue that's there because it's going to be scar tissue, as I say, all the way from the skin to the uh, abdominal wall, letting it drop down and then trying to mobilize some of the fat on either side to bring some fat over the top of the scar to try and give some padding, if you like, um, between the skin and the abdominal wall. And, um, you know, the best I think we could hope for, if you can see to the to the side, there's some quite normal looking scar that's not tethered in. That's the kind of look you're going to be hoping for to give a scar of, I mean, I say obviously, maybe it's not obvious, there will be a scar in the same area, uh, a same, same length. So, so there'll be a huge, great long scar across the uh, uh, upper abdomen, uh, and the aim would be to try and address the, the puckered inness of it rather than the actual scarness of it. So there's always going to be a scar. No one can get rid of that scar, um, but it would be trying to remove the puckered nature of it. And it's and it's it's unfortunate because it's in a difficult area in that upper part of your abdomen. If it was in the lower part of the abdomen, we'd be in a lot better position. We say, oh yeah, do a tummy tuck and get rid of it, but. Um, there's, that's not going to work. So one thing I'll say, if uh, the weight, if there is any changes in weight, that would be something to do first. So if you did want to lose weight, that'd be something to do first. But um, but losing weight might actually make the scar look worse because it can make the overhang look worse. But that would be a good thing to do prior to um, surgery. You don't really want to do that after surgery if you kind of avoid it. Um, but it's so bottom line, it would be possible, but uh, difficult because um, there is a risk that there might be a pocket in scar. Now, the aim is always to make it better, but there's a risk that it could end up. Uh, well, obviously, hopefully it will be better. But in my experience, sometimes it's still a bit puckered in and you're like, oh, I wish it could be a bit better um, because they're difficult. In your head, when you do these, you always think you're going to make it brilliant in your head and you always think it's going to be great and I'm going to have such a happy patient and in reality it pro it often looks okay when you first do it and you think haven't I done a good job pat myself on the back and then three months later it pulls in a bit and it's a bit of a, oh it's got a bit of a dent still um and it's really frustrating I think what do I do do I do it again and create more scar tissue because every time we do surgery we're creating scar tissue so um oh here we go what we got it was an operation from a myelius I was two pounds nine ounces wow when not was performed. Wow. Would it be made straighter and the upper overhang potentially fanned? Um, straighter? Mm, not really. I mean, it's pretty straight, I would say. I don't think it's, no, I think the straightness of it, it's really hard to, when you're dealing with tissues, it's hard to make things sort of like um, perfectly straight and what have you. So I don't think it would be made straighter, but the main 
uh, focus of the surgery would be the upper overhang. That would be the main focus to get rid of that overhang by making the contour flatter. Because I think that is making that overhang worse. That tethering of the scar is making that overhang worse. So I think it might be not straight. I'd have to say, I think it might be sort of wavy. It's hard to, you can cut a straight line in, in theatre and then, you know, when it heals, sometimes it's not quite straight. So um, so I, I, I don't think we could say that would necessarily be better, but I do think the main the reason for doing anything would be to, to, to get rid of the upper overhang and to get rid of the tethered nature of it. But as I say, uh, if you did go ahead with surgery, I'd have to say to you, there's a risk that it might, tether down again hopefully not as bad as it is now Ho hopefully it'll be better it's awful isn't it using terms like hopefully because you're like hold on a minute you want me to spend all this money and you're saying hopefully and i'm like well yeah i that we can't get we can't i mean we can guarantee we'll do the surgery <laughs> we can guarantee that you'll have the surgery but we can't guarantee the outcome so unfortunately um i'm always a bit like cautious with these sorts of things because I don't want to promise the earth and then you say hold on a minute I spent all this money and I've because this it's quite a big one and I'm looking at that thinking it's going to probably be a general general anesthetic or um local with sedation which means involving an anesthetist which means involving a main theater so I don't think it's something we could do at our mine or operating theater in the clinic um, because and that increases costs so it's going to be an expensive job um but you know it's the sort of thing that would be great to do i'll be honest with you it would be this i look at that i think that would be really good i'd like to you know try and make that better but um oh sorry here we go what we got i was managing something like a reverse tummy tuck but scar in the middle uh then up top or down below yeah uh, I think it's worse now because I was a baby and had no fat. So as I've grown, it's naturally healed to my abdominal wall. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so reverse. Why did that move? That's good, isn't it? My picture moved. Uh, reverse tummy tuck. No, I wouldn't. So reverse tummy tuck is a, is a scar up here and it tightens the skin uh, in the upper abdomen unfortunately that scar is way too low so a reverse tummy tuck we try and hide the scar in your bra line and a tummy tuck we try and hide the scar in your underwear that scar is miles away from your bra line or your underwear it's too far away to get the scar either up high to your bra line or down low to your uh, underwear so i would not do any kind of tummy tuck i gotta be honest i would just revise the scar uh, what you might be thinking is, you know, can't you sort of tighten the skin in that area? The problem with trying to take a big chunk out, um, you know, a sort of tummy tuck sized chunk out is your belly button. Because um, with a, a full tummy tuck, which is where you remove the, the most tissue in the abdomen, because the, the always the most laxity is in your lower abdomen. So with a full tummy tuck, your belly button is recited. So your belly button is repositioned to make it look central in the abdomen again. If you try and remove a significant amount of skin um, and fat without reciting the belly button, like for instance, if we just took a big chunk out and tried to do kind of like a, a big chunk of tummy tuck removal in the central part of your abdomen, then your belly button would get pulled up basically. And your belly button might look odd. If your belly button looks odd in your abdomen, you'll have a scar and a big 
you know so you take a big chunk out and then you know the the, the the belly button would be next to the scar and the whole lot would be pulled up i'm not sure if this is being if i'm making this clear but it wouldn't look good i think if your belly button isn't central in your abdomen it looks odd and you, the 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 aesthetic of your abdomen would look odd so um yeah i don't think a tummy tuck is a is a goer either a, a reverse tummy tuck or a, or a full the full would be the best a reverse just takes some up can i draw i don't think i can draw on this um i wish i could draw on this so a, a reverse is up in your bra line and takes a piece of tissue like that from below you from below your, your your bra line and pulls it up so it's about that distance whereas your distance from the bra line is about that distance it's too it's too far basically from the bra line um so yeah so it would be i was uh, i'm imagining a, a just a, a a basically a scar revision so addressing the scar as i say we 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 de deepthelize the scar so take the skin off the scar let it drop down bring some fat from above and below to try and give some padding if you like over the top of the scar to try and hope that it uh, heals flat but it would be a big long scar well it already is a big long scar on your abdomen so it'd be the same big long scar on your abdomen but thank you for letting me show you photos really i really like showing photos it really adds uh, uh, another dimension i think you'll all agree um but uh tricky one um nice nice challenging one uh from a surgical point of view but uh, i do um kind of sympathize with you because i can imagine how you might want some assurances if you're going to do surgery and perhaps hearing me talk like this is not filling you with confidence but i am trying to be realistic because in my experience of doing these they often do not come out 100 percent flat and there is often a bit of tethering to a to a degree and so it's about make, aligning your expectation with with my expectation to make sure you're happy rather than saying yes we can. i'd love to say yeah we can fix that scar plastic surgeon you know sort that out for you but um but it's it's a difficult one it's a difficult one but um yeah nice challenge and a, and a good on paper a good example of what uh, a scar revision you know what sort of a scar would be suitable for revision that is a really good example of a, of a car a scar that'd be suitable for revision sometimes we get photos of scars and people say i don't like my scar it's like well yeah I, you know we can't we can't change it you know we can only change it if it's dented and uh or or, or bumped out or whatever <clears throat> tethered what what would you mean putting fat under the scar to try and prevent the scar pitting again yeah so um not 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 fat injection so i'm not talking about fat injection by putting fat under the scar i'm talking about mobilizing fat from either side so mobilizing your your uh, abdominal fat over the top of the deepathelized uh, scar so so sort of cutting the lips out taking the skin off letting that scar drop down and then you've got fat on either side and so bring some fat over the top from either side and then repairing the skin so mobilizing fat so it's not like fat grafting where you inject fat this is actually mobilizing the fat that is there in your abdomen above and below the scar to, to cover the scar to bolster it up so there isn't a line of scar tissue down to the abdominal wall you've got scar tissue and then fat basically um rather than just scar all the way 
which is what we you know we try and do when we do tummy tucks and things like that because often uh, patients have a similar sort of problem that you've got with a cesarean scar so it's, it's not uncommon to get this overhang with a cesarean scar same sort of same concept the scarring is going all the way to the abdominal wall and they've got an overhang so it makes them look worse than they are because the cesarean scar is really tethered um, that's easier because we can completely excise that scar and then bring a big flap from above down when we do a tummy tuck and put some put some skin uh, put some fat in the way to get a good closure with so you don't just have skin and then abdominal wall you know skin scar all the way to abdominal wall you want to get some fat underneath so um for instance when you when so when you're doing a tummy tuck when you so in order to avoid that when we do a tummy tuck you might say why don't we get it when we do a tummy tuck why do they get it when you do a cesarean and we don't get it when we do a tummy tuck so what we do when we do a tummy tuck is when we cut the lower abdominal skin we chamfer the fat like that and then when we cut the upper abdominal skin the upper abdominal flap you chamfer for the flap the same way so that when the upper flap comes to the lower flap you've got a fat like that <laughs> i need a graphic designer here to so the fat so you got scar and then the fats the sort of scar in the fat is going like that yeah so you don't cut straight down you cut through the skin and then you chamfer the fat and then you bring the up, upper abdominal flap down and then you chamfer the flap the same way for the upper so that it goes down like that so you don't get a, this problem with the tummy tuck scar I don't, know, I don't know if that's i might have lost the crowd on that one not sure about that but anyway um uh okay sounds quite positive realistically what's the percentage of it putting it again and is there anything i can do to prevent it pitting i mean um oh you see the problem with this is if i was give, if i gave you a percentage i'd be completely lying is probably not the right word but completely making it up because no one knows they haven't got 100 people with scars like that done scar revision on them and seen how many you know pitted again so there isn't a percentage basically but what i would say is i would say again i'm making this up from kind of experience i would say there's a 90 percent chance of having some degree of indentation so i think you know there's a 10 percent chance of it being completely flat there's a so I, what I would say to you is I would expect there to still be some degree of indentation. Having said that, I also would say there's like a 90% chance of it being better. So I would say I'd be pretty hopeful that it would be better than it is before. So I, whilst I couldn't guarantee it would be better than before, I'd say there's a really, I'm, you know, I, I I'm really think it will be better than it is now. But I'm worried it might not be 100% flat. You know, there might be a, an annoying, you know, that's what happens. It looks flat. And then three, six months later, it's really annoying. It starts to pull in. You know, oh, it's pulled in a bit. That's why I've had the surgery done before. That overhang's coming back. And I've got the pulling in. I'm like, oh. And then you think, what do I do? Do I do it again? Do I revise it again? And you're like, oh, I don't want to go through all that again. And go, I'm like, well, what am I going to do this time different to that time? So it's a, it's it's one of those ones where it's, I would say you might have to accept some degree of not 100% perfection. God knows we're always trying to get perfection, but um, for a scar this indented to get it 100% flat would be extremely difficult and there'd be a high risk of there's so much scar tissue in the area, it pulling down to a degree. Um, and I would hope that this thing that I'm talking about, where I bring you some fat over the scar, would have an effect 
to mitigate that and to make it significantly better. But if you're being critical about it, it might still be dented in with a bit of an overhang afterwards because it's difficult. So, yeah, I hope that's helpful. Thank you for letting us show the photo. Uh, I'll get the photo now. I'll stop sharing. So, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Thank you for that, Marion. That was, uh, that was, yeah, by all means come and we can talk about it or do a call or something like that. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting problem. Um, can we offer earlobe repair for a five-year-old? Uh, no, is the answer. I'm trying to think what kind of earlobe repair a five-year-old would need. Could that be an earring pulled through? Um, anyway, um, we are not allowed to treat children. And a child is someone under 18, would you believe? Would you Adam and Eve it? Uh, I've got to be honest, it's a complete nightmare choosing, uh, treating children. And I know the hospitals suffer, uh, you know, suffer with it as well. Even a big hospital like, um, like the Priory, you know, in Birmingham, big, big, um, big hospital, and they, uh, it's it's just the, the bureaucracy really. Uh, to be to be quite frank with you, I mean, we we have surgeons at the clinic who are pediatric surgeons. We have a pediatric nurse, so we have set up from that infrastructure. But it's just the the uh, bureaucracy of the of the um, policies and procedures within the clinic. So uh, we decided not to, uh, just just not to go there. So we, we don't treat children. So you would have to look you, look at your private, local private hospital. And as I say, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> they, they would even struggle, but they, they will probably, they would probably um, be able to help you, I suspect. Um, and when you do a earlobe repair, but not for a five-year-old. The other problem with a five-year-old is what sort of anesthetic you use, because an earlobe repair, uh, certainly on an adult, could be done under, under a local anesthetic. Uh, but on a five-year-old is, is uh, almost certainly going to be a general anesthetic, which increases the risks doing general anesthetic. So I guess I would say, look, how bad is it? Is it a real problem for the child? Um, and it's got to be a problem for the child, not a problem for the, for the parents. So um, if it's not a problem for the child, and you take them to theatre and operate on them, they're going to wake up from the theatre saying, what the hell have you done? What's going on? What have you done to me? You know, so you need to be uh, have the child on board, really. Um, and if it's not a problem for the child, well, then maybe wait till they're older and perhaps they could have a local anaesthetic, you know, 12, 13. Maybe they could have a local anaesthetic when they're a bit older, which uh, and also a bit more um, on board with the surgery. Uh, but that's more from the ethics of it. So the... Um, the reality of it is that we can't treat children anyway, so we couldn't treat them, treat treat the, the child at the, at the clinic. You'd have to go to the private hostel and um, look for treatment there. So that's it. I'm out for a curry. Eight o'clock. Pretty good timing. Going to get changed. I thought I'd stay in my smart clothes for this. Thought I'd make an effort. Uh, big up, Marianne. Uh, thank you for that for that participation. And uh, nice to see everyone this evening. If there is uh, any other business, no, no, I will check myself out of here and um, bid you farewell. Next week is half term. Woohoo! So I'm going to say I'm probably not going to be here because I am probably going to have some massive half term extravaganza booked. I'm sure I have. Um, there's going to be something mental going on next week because that's how I roll. You know, 
half term there's going to be some it's probably going to involve a camper van or a oh crikey mini golf god what is that me banging it oh god right i'm just going to hop i'll tell you what i'm going to do i'm going to get a new i'm going to get a new tripod because that one is uh i might try and gorilla glue it again um interactive live tonight enjoy your curry yes thanks corin um yeah so anyway bottom line is might not be here next week week after definitely next week if i'm here next week you know the uh half term is going badly so uh yeah who knows the look at that corin stop the stream off facebook um have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.